Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. So glad to have you join us today. And as we are going to be going into our Bible study today, we would like to invite you to please join us for prayer. Let's pray. Our Lord, our God, thank you very much for giving this opportunity to open the scriptures with our questions and find answers straight from the Bible. And Lord, when we do this, we know that your Holy Spirit is our teacher, and we ask that he be present with us as we look into the Bible. Please be with us here in the studios of Joy FM, Lord, and also please be with our listening friends throughout Guam and the CNMI and everywhere else that this program goes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I would like to thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and with me is my wonderful wife, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. So glad to have you here with me today. Hello, Pastor Moffinus. Thank you for having me next to you. Oh, no better place I'd like to be than by your side. And so we would like also like to thank each and every one of you, our listening friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, and all those who do not know Christ just yet, but you would like to. Thank you for joining us. This is a Bible question and answer program, and we are live this Monday. Monday from 5 to 6 p.m. And so now is the time for you to pick up your phones and dial in whatever Bible questions you might have. And Jessica, if people want to have their their questions answered from the scriptures, uh, what are the contact information they're going to need? So if you are calling from the island of Guam, that number is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you are calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, we'd love to hear from you just as much. That number is 323-1113. That's 323-1113. You're welcome to uh, WhatsApp or text your question at 671-686-9999. 686-9999. If you want to email your question, you're welcome to do so. We have our computers open right now. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net. B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. We are also live on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. If you want to put your questions there uh, or say hi to Pastor Mavnes, you're welcome to do so. <laughs> and uh, say hello to Jessica while you're at it. All right. So remember that this is a live program for on Monday from 5 to 6. That means if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6, then you're listening to a rebroadcast. Now, you can still call Joy FM, and our friendly operators are always standing by to take mm. your call and, and your question, and they'll save it until the following program, presumably the next Monday. So go ahead and pick up your phones and dial those numbers that Jessica just gave you, and we'll be so glad to hear your voice, to take your question, and so very glad to open the scriptures and find the answers. So why don't we go to the email, Jessica, and let's take a look at some of the questions that came from there. Okay, so there is a question that came in, and the first question that came in says, is a private baptism without a pastor 
biblically valid. Okay, and it looks like uh, this person's name is Harry. Thank you very much, Harry, for uh, writing in that question. That's a very good question. When it comes to something like baptism, that's a very important thing. You know, in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 16, it says, he who is baptized, uh, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And so baptism is a very important thing. Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 3, when speaking to Nicodemus, he says, unless you be born of the water and of the spirit, you Mm -hmm. shall not see the kingdom of heaven. Right. The importance of baptism cannot be understated. Um, it's very important because this is how a person enters and enters and begins his spiritual walk with Christ, um, if it's accompanied by faith. And so, because it's so important, we suggest that we look to the scriptures to the best example of baptism ever. Right. And that is the baptism of Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay. So let's take a look at uh, Matthew, and it should be in Matthew chapter 3. Okay. In the book of Matthew chapter 3, we see that uh, Jesus was baptized. And we're going to read verse 13, and we're going to go all the way to 17. All right. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answers and answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fit, fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice from heaven came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Wow. I really wish somebody back then had some sort of video recording of this because this, this was when... Heaven spoke to earth and everyone heard it. And there was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were there at Jesus' baptism. So it's a wonderful, wonderful event that we just witnessed. Now, Christians are followers of Christ, and Christ left us the perfect example. And that's what he meant in verse 15. Uh, in verse 15, he told John to allow it to happen that he baptized Jesus mm-hmm. because it. Uh, it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. And so what he just did was a righteous act, a righteous thing. And so the way Jesus did it was righteous. Right. Right. And the right way. It's the right way. It is the way that uh, baptism should happen. So we can't go wrong if we're following Christ. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Definitely. Okay. So the ultimate example. The first thing that we see about baptism is that baptism went to the Jordan unto John. Now, the thing that we need to notice about that is that earlier in the chapter of chapter three, um, there were so many people who were coming to John um, at that uh at that place in the Jordan. Right. It says in verse 5 and 6 of that same chapter, then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So does that sound like there was a lot of people present? A lot of people. There was a lot of people. Multitudes. Um, I guess what I'm trying to point out here is that... Um, it was a very public thing that Jesus did. Right. He, I, I imagine there were a lot of people who were watching. And as a matter of fact, if you look at the book of John, John 
and I believe the book of Luke also uh, records John saying, "Behold the uh, John the Baptist saying, "Behold the Lamb of God." So he was talking to everybody, and he's pointing to Jesus saying, "Behold the Lamb of God." So it was a very public thing. Now, does there have to be a lot of people uh, present? Well, if I if I look at the book of Acts and Stephen was baptizing an Ethiopian eunuch, mm-hmm. I guess we could say it was both uh, him and the Ethiopian eunuch, but they were in a chariot, and so someone was driving that chariot. Right. And this you was a witnesses. yes, and so there there were other witnesses, and so I don't I don't see any example of a secret baptism mm. where I'm, uh, where you say, you know, I don't want people to see this. Right. Because what is a baptism anyways? It's a way to publicly declare that you belong to Jesus now. Right. You know, um, if, I came to, if I came to you, Jessica, at the beginning, I say, I want to marry you, but I don't want anybody to know about it. Mm. Uh, is there something wrong with that picture? Yeah, there is something wrong. What, what's, what's wrong with hidden. it? Something's hidden. So why would you want to hide it? Um, uh, and you can probably, I can probably come up with a lot of reasons, but I don't think they're good reasons. Right. You know, a, a wedding or a marriage is supposed to be a way for me to tell the world that I now am her husband and she is my wife. And there's no, there's no real reason to keep your faith and your love for Jesus secret. Right. Um, now, I'm doing a lot of talking. Did you want to add anything to that? Well, yeah. No, I really love how you use Jesus as the ultimate example. Mm. And it is a public de- declaration, um, you know, and, and it w- it's also a witness to everybody saying, That's I true. am in love That's with true. God or I am in love with Jesus. And mm. so I want everyone to know this. Yes. Um, and you're right. If you want to hide that declaration, then something's wrong. Mm. There's something off there uh, that probably needs to be cleared in yes. order for it to be a... A public declaration. And, you know, uh, you like, know and yeah. because it's a witness, it helps other people's faith. You know, there right. may be some people in that crowd who who are on the verge of making a decision for Jesus and your witness influences them to do the right thing. Right. And so you, you never want to. What did Jesus say? He says, let your light shine before men mm-hmm. that they may see your good works. And baptism is a good work. Right. And glorify your father in heaven. So baptism serves a very, very, um, uh, a very spiritual purpose in cleansing you in giving you a new life. And it is your very first witness to the world that you belong to Christ. Yeah, I have to admit, I didn't even know about baptism. Hmm. Uh, that it even existed, you know, besides the the, 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 the former church that I used to be of part course, of. Yes. But when I actually found out the bl- biblical way and, uh, you know, seeing people get baptized publicly, uh, it, it made me uh, curious about what that was all about. Right. And that's, that's what helped also lead me to get baptized. When you saw other people getting baptized. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Now, there's that. There's that one part of the question that says, without a pastor. Okay, now that's a very good question. Now, when we say pastor, we're talking about uh, the spiritual authority. We're talking about the person who was called to baptize. Mm. John the Baptist was called to baptize. Interestingly enough, Jesus, um, although he was the son of God, he never baptized anybody, but he let his apostles do it. Right. Um, the Apostle Paul said that he really wasn't called to baptize, but, but he did baptize some people. You find that in the book of 1 Corinthians. Mm. Um, but uh, he didn't want anybody to 
basically brag, I've been baptized by Paul. Right. <laughs> and he does explain that. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Now, so, but the point that we're trying to make here is in every baptism, there is someone who is baptizing you. Mm. And that person usually is a person who is called to the ministry, called to baptize. And I would like to suggest that is the ordained minister. Um, because when you are being baptized, according to the book of um, Galatians, you are being baptized into Christ's body, the church. Right. And the pastor or the minister, uh, he is the one who is helping you, guiding, uh, guiding you from baptism and then afterwards. And so he examines the the person, the candidate who wants to be baptized. Mm -hmm. He makes sure that that person's being baptized understands the basic rudimentary things of the scriptures enough so that this person can have salvation. Right. And then afterwards he takes care of you and mm -hmm. the rest of the church does the same. And so being baptized without a pastor is almost like being born uh, without a, without a doctor <laughs> helping the mother, uh, you know, uh, getting born, it's almost like being uh, being born without, uh, well, basically with without a mother or a father. Mm -hmm. um, if you're trying to do this all by yourself in secret, I'm afraid that's not a baptism. Now I'm speaking by experience because before I read the Bible, and before I knew all about baptism, right. I said I don't want anybody baptizing me. I want to be. I want God to baptize me. And so I went outside, and when it rained, I went outside, knelt down, prayed, and said, "There, God's baptizing me." I had a lot to learn. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad that got cleared up. Yes, it did. The Bible put me on the straight and narrow. Uh, but that's my personal testimony. Now I know that a baptism. And I was baptized on November 16, 1996, right alongside you, Jessica. Oh, same nice. water, same time, uh, different pastors. But uh, that I wanted to follow Jesus' uh, form. I wanted to follow his example. Right. And I believe we did. Right. Okay. Now, did I nail that all the way down to the, <laughs> all the way to the, did. to the wood? I, you know, I, I really believe that pastors are there, chosen by God, uh, also to help guide and direct you know, people in, in the way they should go. That's why God sets up uh, shepherds over flocks, right. you know, to help guide them as well. Absolutely. So, definitely. They, they have an important role in preparing the person for baptism and then taking care of them after baptism. And a newborn baby needs that, a newborn baby in Christ. Right. So, Harry, we certainly hope that answered your question. And uh, if, uh, if you need further clarifications, pl please, by all means, um, write back to us. Or call us. Or call us. Uh, calling is so much better, but because he wrote it in, <laughs> I thought I'd say right. right. Um, but we would like to ask that all of you who are watching right now or listening, if you're watching on Facebook or you're listening on the radio of Joy FM, why don't you give us a call, 472-1111, 472-1111. If you're calling from, si that, uh, that's if you're calling from Guam. If you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, then the number is 323-1113, 323-1113. Now you may come to facebook.com forward slash Radio, and you can go to the live stream and there you'll see uh, Jessica and I, and you can go to the the comments section, and there you will find a, uh, I'm sorry, there is where you can leave your question, and we'll see it immediately. And so why not take advantage of this time and send in a Bible question? 
All right. Now, Jessica, I believe we do have another question that has come to us through written form. And uh, is it Bob? Bob is asking a question. What does Bob want to know? So this is coming from Bob. And the question is, do we confess our sins to Christian brethren to be forgiven? Good question. Okay. Now, when we talk about confession, I would like to ask that you please, Jessica, turn to 1 John 1, 9. And in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it talks about who is it that we should confess our sins to for forgiveness. All right. It says, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what is that promise? Uh, what 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 promise does that verse give us? That God will cleanse us of all unrighteousness if and we, forgive us. If we if forgive. We can, I mean, I'm sorry, confess. if we confess, that's right, <laughs> if we forgive. If we confess, then we are promised complete forgiveness. And so the one thing that we must do is go directly to God through Jesus Christ. Right. And there is where you find forgiveness. But there's another thing that we ought to know, and, and that is found in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16. James 5, verse 16. Okay. And if you can read that, please. It says, confess your, transpa- sorry, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay. So there, w- what is the verse asking us to do? Confess our sins to one another. To one another. And here it says to pray for one another. Right. Now, what that when it says pray for one another mm-hmm. that tells me the forgiveness is still coming from God because right. you're you're asking him right um but why confess to one another uh well it says so that you can be healed right and there's just something about resentment grudges anger and uh, discontent with one another, it really does hurt us spiritually and it definitely affects us mentally and in through all that, it does affect us physically. Mm-hmm. And so for, for, whole, for the, the, the healing and the cleansing of the whole man, God recommends that if you have done something wrong to somebody else, mm-hmm. then you need to make it right. right. And so that is something that is, um, it's necessary, not necessarily for forgiveness, because if the other person forgives to forgive, uh, if that other person refuses to right. forgive you, uh-huh. you still have the forgiveness of God. Right. But if uh, the, the confession to one another, they may forgive you, and that's going to be wonderful. But at least you have done your part to make things right. And that is basically your faith working, uh, you know, faith and works together. Right. And so that, that's what I would like to suggest about confessing your, your faults to one another. Um, it's, it, it does have something to do for, with forgiveness, but it's, it's more for the healing of the soul and, on the, and the mind and the body. You know, um, I remember when we were first newly baptized and came in uh, to God's fold and still learning about the Bible. And there's a lot of things, you know, we still need to learn, uh, needed to learn. And even today we're still learning. Mm. But I remember asking someone about confessing our sins to somebody I mean, do we have to confess to everybody because, you know, here we are trying to make our, our right path, our path right with God and starting Correct. a new life. And there's something that person said to me that really stood out to my, uh, kept, I kept in my mind up to this day is if you hurt that person openly, hmm. then you need to confess openly. Yes. 
But if it's something that's that you had in your heart and your mind that the person may not never have known, mm -hmm. then you know you don't have to go because what you're doing is you're opening a can of worms that's that wasn't right. needed to be opened. You're needlessly wounding them. Right. right. You're needlessly hurting that person mm. that is not needed. So. And I agree with that because mm -hmm. the confession should only go as far as the knowledge of the sin. Right. If they, you know, like you said, it's just something in your heart and you say, you know, I want to come up to you and I just want to confess to you. I've been hating your guts for weeks. Uh, wow. You know, that that's kind of hurtful in itself, even though you have good intentions, right. it could be taken wrong. Right. And so, but if the person already knew that, then why, go ahead and right. uh, go ahead and admit, right. admit it. But uh, if this if this person is uh, don't wound the person needlessly, um, but instead just go as far as the knowledge of the sin. Now, when it comes to God, He has knowledge of every sin. Exactly. And so confess to all the to, to, to all of it to the minutest one right. and receive cleansing for everything that you confess. Right. So that's a very good question. And, you know, once more, this is all about restoring relationships, broken relationships with one another. Uh, right. That's the hope. But especially it is about having a conscience free from any of the um, from all of the past sins that you've done, that you have been doing, that you do, you're doing the right thing. So here's a, here's a question, Pastor Moffness. So mm -hmm. what if a person does not confess to that person that they may have hurt but they confess to God. Like, let's say I hurt you, sure. and you know I hurt you, mm. but I don't say sorry to you, but I say, you know, I confess to God. Does that count? Well, confession to God always counts. Right. It always counts. But, you know, Jesus said something. He says, if you come to the altar mm. and you remember there that you have a brother that has something against you, Leave your gift there at the altar. First go make things right with your brother and then come and offer your gift. Right. You find that in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Um, or ra rather chapter 5. And so, yes, our relationship with God comes first. But love God with all your heart, soul, and strength is the first commandment. But the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus says, yes. Confess to confess to God, mm. but don't forget to make things right with the person that you have hurt. Right. Uh, then it really counts. Right. <laughs> then it then it counts to the fullest because now you're now you're you're showing that you really are serious right. about about being sorry and having cleansing and walking right with the Lord. You know what the goodness the good thing about uh, confessing your sins to other people is that you're humbling yourself, mm -hmm. and you know. Everyone in heaven, everyone that will be in heaven will be humble. Right. And, it, and, you know, it takes a lot out of a person, maybe some more than others, to be able to humble themselves, <laughs> to confess. <laughs> I see. Or, or, or ask for forgiveness or right. say sorry, you know. And if anything, it's a good practice <laughs> of getting used to being humbled. Right? It is. It's a it's a very good spiritual practice, mm -hmm. and humility is uh, it is Christ like. Jesus right. was Jesus was very humble. He was meek, and so yes, this is another way to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Now, Jesus didn't confess any sin to anybody, but because he he had no sin, right? But he did have a humble heart and a meek spirit, and this is one of the ways to show that you want the same, right? Right. Okay. Character building. All right. It looks like we have three minutes left in our program before we go to our first break. 
Um, you know, I have another verse uh, to read about that because Jessica, I would like to, th- I will, I would like to say confession uh-huh. to your to your friends and family or enemies is pretty much what uh, what is uh, required. But the Bible goes even further and says, don't just stop at talking, but also in Ezekiel 33, 15, interesting what, uh, what God says there. He says, if the wicked, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 15, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of, statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live he shall not die. Wow. So God, he doesn't want it to stop at mere talk, but he says, if you've stolen anything, if you've, if you've um, damaged anything, then restore the pledge, make it right. Right. And this is something that Zacchaeus wanted to do. Uh, when, when Jesus came to his house in a very gracious and merciful way, mm-hmm. he felt so touched by the love of God through our Savior that he says, Lord, if I've stolen anything, I'm going to pay it back four times more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he understood that, uh, that uh, he, it's not just about saying sorry. Right. But he says, I'm going to show you how sorry I am. Mm-hmm. I am sorry for my sins. I want to I pay back what I've damaged. And so if you have done something to a person who you've hurt, if, uh, if you can repay the damage in any way, well, go ahead and uh, show that uh, good, good uh, gesture of love and, uh, and repentance. Uh, I like what John the Baptist said. He says, bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. Right. In other words, do something to show that you really are sorry. Uh, did you have anything to add to that one? No, I was actually thinking uh, as you were talking about being on the opposite side, mm. forgiving people even though they've never confessed right. to you. And that is definitely a Christ-like character as well. It is. You know, being able to forgive somebody even if they've never confessed to you of of how much they've hurt you mm-hmm. or even if they've never, if they don't even care. And, you know, that one... Um, it does take a lot out of a person, and if anything, God can give that grace yes. to that person to be able to forgive, even though a person has never asked for forgiveness. Absolutely. Well, as you can hear from the music, we're going to be taking a break, and that means that we still have a half hour left, so please stay tuned, and we'll be right back after this. Choose kindness, and when you do, you can expect gentleness and compassion to show up. Choose peace, and when you do, you can expect joy and hope to drop by. They make good company, but there are other choices you could make. Take bitterness, for instance. It's good friends with anger and resentment. Choose bullying, and it pushes friendship away. Everyday choices have long-term consequences. Those long-term consequences affect everyday choices. Maybe that's why paying attention to choices just makes sense. It creates a cycle that can be good or bad. God offered a list that looks a lot like what His everyday choices look like. Things like love, joy, peace, being kind, being good, being gentle. The better you become at making these choices, the more you'll make these choices. And the best news is you always have God's help. So make your everyday choices because there's a difference going on in your heart and mind. Benefits become standard. Joy FM. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. 
You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Hello and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. We are live here in the studios of Joy FM. If you'd like to go ahead and give us a call on any questions uh, pertaining to the Bible, you're welcome to do so. The number on Guam is 472-1111. The number for CNMI is 323-1113. That's 323-1113. If you'd like to text your question or WhatsApp, that's 671-686-9999. Four nines. Four nines, that's right. And if you'd like to email your question, you're welcome to do so. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net, B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. We are also live on Facebook right now. You're welcome to check us out. That's facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. All right, and my name is Pastor Lewis Moffinus, and this is Jessica Moffinus, my wonderful mm-hmm. wife, and we're, we can't wait to hear your call, so go ahead and dial those numbers. Now, I believe that as we look to our Facebook feed, it looks like we do have a question from Wilfred. And so, Jessica, what is Wilfred's question? Oh, um, it a- says here, do you need to work out to be forgiven if the one you have offended is not willing to forgive you? Now, that is a very unfortunate uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, when we say sorry to somebody, we, we, we crave, you know, why are we doing that except we want to restore the relationship? Right, right. And uh, that's, what the, that's what the book of James was talking about when he says confess your faults to one another right. um, so that you may be healed. Now, the thing is people have free choice. Yes. Free choice, and uh, they may choose to forgive. Uh, they may choose to not forgive. Right. Uh, once more, that that is an unfortunate thing. Uh, but you, out of your free choice, you humbled yourself and you confessed. That the other person can't take away. That you did the right thing. Right. And uh, yes, I have. I've. I myself. I myself have. Uh, uh, confessed, you know, that I did wrong to another person. And uh, perhaps because the the sting of what I did is still fresh, <laughs> maybe. And, uh, you know, the other person just doesn't, not in the mood for it, you know, or whatever. Hopefully that changes down the line. But um, the wonderful thing about it is that forgiveness is all about God. Right. And so, again, First John 1, 9, if you confess your sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us for all of our sins. And the name, the word all means everything, no matter what other people want to do, mm-hmm. uh, whether they forgive or not. You do not have to do uh, anything else for forgiveness except bring it to God and do what he has asked you to do. Restore the pledge, try to make it right. Um, uh, the thing is, is that if you refuse to confess to the other person or if you refuse to restore the pledge and try to make it right, then you're not following the scriptures and you do have to do what God wants and what he's instructing you to do if you want the full benefit of forgiveness. But if you don't refuse and you uh, humbly 
do what uh, God has instructed, then you can claim the promises and say, I am cleansed and I am forgiven. Mm -hmm. Now, as for the other person, you can still remain friendly and you can continue showing yourself that you are sorry. Uh, Maybe somewhere down the line, they will forgive and become friends with you. You never know. Right. You know, um, Jesus, he continued to love Jerusalem all the way until the very end. And right. so uh, you can con- you can do the same with those who are persecuting you or just not willing to forgive you. You can love them every day for the rest of your life in the hopes that one day their hearts will be melted. Right. Did you have anything to yeah, add to no, that? Yeah, I, no, I remember a friend of mine years ago who was telling me that she had confessed her sins to uh. somebody and she felt so bad for hurting that person. But that person was so hurt that she did not want to forgive her. Hmm. And so she was asking, how far do you, how far does one go to try to win that person over? Hmm. You know, because she would uh, make cookies and send it to that person. She would bake bread. She would make granola and send it over to that person. And that person said, you know, they still didn't forgive her. Hmm. And so she was asking, how far do you go? Hmm. You know. And I think stuff like that, it's like you, you got to take that to the Lord in prayer. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you can't make someone uh, forgive you. Mm, you know, true. that's something that God, only God can touch their hearts. And they know where exactly what's going on in their mind and, right. and how to reach them to their most inner, you know, I- I- inner heart. He's the only one who can really reach the right. heart. Right. And the hopes is that through your confession, it's almost like a ministry right. to reach the heart. Right. And um, all you can do is, is pray. I mean, mm-hmm. you confess, you, you show that person sincerity, you try, but unless they in themselves in their own mind is convinced of whatever it is that's bothering them, you know, th- then they can, in other words, come to, or if God convicts them or whatever, you know, then then they can be restored because now that person's willing to forgive. Mm. But, uh, you know, we can't make them. We, all we can do is love them, like you said, and respect their decision. Yes. And just be as kind as you can to them as, as Christ is mm. and continue to pray for that person. And I have seen over the course of years mm-hmm. relationships that were once sour. Right. Uh, you know, through the passage of time and through the grace of God, it, you know, people who were once um, not friends because they couldn't stand each other finally call themselves brothers or sisters and friends again. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, But, you know, it's all by the grace of God, and maybe it does take time. You know, hearts aren't always changed overnight. Right. But, uh, you know, another thing that actually jumped out at me is that Uh um, what if the other person that you wronged is no longer able, you you can't even contact them. Passed away, maybe. Passed away, maybe. You don't know where they are in the world. Right. Whatever. Same principle. Yeah. you confess to God mm-hmm. and you did everything you could. And in this situation, you can't do anything. Right. But um, when, the pre- when the situation presents itself, then you can continue uh, to do the, the full confession thing. But if the person's passed away, right. you don't know where the person is now and you can't mm-hmm. find this person, same principle. You've confessed to God. You can be assured of forgiveness. Right. I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful that everything comes from God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So thank you very much, Wilfred. And I believe Wilfred is an old friend of mine from uh, college days. And it is good to see you uh, um, joining us 
on the program, Wilfred. Okay, now it takes a little bit of time for us to get to the end of this program, about 20 minutes. And during that time, I would like to encourage you to call in your Bible questions. 472-1111 and that's if you're calling from Guam now if you are in the beautiful islands of the CNMI that number is 323-1113 323-1113 now I would love it if you could join us on Facebook we have a live stream on facebook.com forward slash radio. if you go there and you see the live stream and you go to the comment section you can put your uh, you can put your question there in the comment section we'll see it immediately we'll take your question that way and so may God bless each and every one of you please give us a call with your Bible question all right, Jessica, I believe we have another question that's ready for the asking. Yeah. And I have my Bible open so that the Bible can be ready to give the answer. Okay, so a question came in, and it's, how many gates are there in the New Jerusalem? That's a, okay, I love this question because it brings me to the book of Revelation. Right. And Revelation is my favorite book in the Bible. And Yay. you go to the book of Revelation 21, and we're talking about the New Jerusalem. Yes. Now, there may be some people who are not familiar with the term New Jerusalem. And basically, it's the city of God. It's not the old Jerusalem that we have, you know, in the Middle East. But it is a New Jerusalem. It's a city that is prepared by God. Mm. And it's coming down from heaven. And if you take a look at, let's start at verse 9. Okay. I know this, the, the question is just about the gates, but I want to get a really good. So Revelation yeah. 21. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 21. We'll start from 9 and we'll go all the way to 13. All just right. to answer the question. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of God from out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and 12 angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Okay. Now, as you as you read that, it's very evident this is a beautiful city. Right. <laughs> I don't know of any city that has walls that are that are uh, clear as crystal. Mm. And if you keep if you, you know, it's described like a like a like a bride adorned for her husband. And so if you uh, just to answer the question, there are 12 and on each gate there are 12 angels and the 12 tribes of the children of Israel are written on those gates. And so that's the number. And, uh, you know, the number 12 kind of has a significance in the scriptures. It usually symbolizes God's people or God's church, 12 tribes, Mm -hmm. 12 apostles. And so um, 12 stones on the breastplate of the high priest, which, of course, also was about the tribes. And so 12 uh, indicates the the church or God's people. Right. 12 on each side of the of the city and the city is four square. That means there are three on each side. Yeah. Three on the north, three in the mm-hmm. south, three in the east and, w- and three on the west. 
And so you, you can go in anytime. <laughs> and so one thing that I really like about the city is that um, it goes into detail of how wonderful the city looks. And even the gates are beautiful. Look at verse 21. Could you read verse 21 for us? It says the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. The gate was, every gate was of one pearl. Mm. Um, you know, I've seen pearls and the only ones that I've seen, I could fit in the palm of my hand and uh, I can close my hand and you can't see the pearl. How are you going to get a gate that is so massive to be of one pearl? Well, have you ever, have you, if you look at the pearl, what kind of, what, what is that material that the pearl is made of? It's not stone. It's not a crystal. It's called mother of pearl. Uh, where does that come from? Well, it comes from the clam or the oyster. Right. And this material is used to coat the inside of the shell to make it smooth. Right. Okay. And any grain of sand that gets into the oyster, mm -hmm. uh, it uses that same material to smooth that grain of sand because, you know, shellfish, shellfish are nothing but... but <laughs> gonna say they're kind of like tongues you know they're they don't have skin they don't have anything so a grain of sand is just gonna irritate them and so they say let me smooth that and they cover that grain of sand with a very smooth mother of pearl material mm. now can you imagine a gate that is covered or made of that in t just that material it's nice it's smooth it's shining with and shimmering with all different kinds of colors because if you look at a pearl you can't say it's white because if you look closely, there's just all these swirling colors in it. If you can imagine just a door, you know, made of that, mm -hmm. and it's all one piece. It's not like a billion pearls all put together, crazy glued together. Right. But the entire thing is made of pearl. Now imagine a gate that is thousands of feet high, and it's all made of that material. So beautiful. And that's that's something that our eyes have never seen any time in our lifetime. Right. There is no oyster today that can do that. But God can <laughs> do it. <laughs> God can do it because he's the creator and he'll take that gate and he will make it beautiful. The gates, if we continue reading in the scriptures, it says those gates are never closed. Those gates are never closed because the righteous are going in and out of that gate. Nice. Oh, I, we can go on describing the New Jerusalem. Even the foundations are made of precious stones. Who looks at the foundations of a house? Nobody. <laughs> but this one, <laughs> this one, we were like, wow, wonderful, beautiful foundations, pure gold. The streets are pure gold and on and on. We can go on. And I'm sure throughout all eternity, we're going to go on and on. <laughs> right. Uh, um, admiring the handiwork of God in the city. You know, I, I, I get excited. I once I really read do. someone said, if you think you've seen anything beautiful, beautiful on this earth, wait till heaven, you know, <laughs> be prepared to be amazed. And I, I don't yes. think our minds can fathom what God has in store for us. Absolutely not. Um, those those things that God has in store for us makes the things of the world seem like nothing, really. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, our imagination can only reach so far. That's right. You know, praise God, we even have it. Can but, even have imaginations, but right. where those where did our brains come from? You know, it came from God, and God is the one that has <laughs> ultimate knowledge, knowledge and wisdom. There's and, no limit to His creative creative abilities. Right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, 
look at how much time do we have left? It looks like we have about 15 minutes less, left, uh, maybe even less. And I think we can squeeze a question into that time. And so why don't we go ahead and give those phone numbers out one more time? Jessica, could you please help us out with sure, that? Sure, we'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and pick up your phones and give us a call. If you are on Guam, that's 472-1111. If you're from Saipan, Tinian or Rota, we'd love to hear from you too. We've had many callers from there. That's 323-1113. But if you prefer to text or WhatsApp your question, you can You can as well. That's 671-686-9999. You can also email your Bible question where our computers are open right now. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net, B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. And also Facebook, we've already had a couple of questions there put on Facebook. You're welcome to put your question there as well. That's facebook.com forward slash joyfm radio. Okay. And it looks like uh, our phones are ringing and our wonderful, uh, our wonderful operators are taking those questions. And so we'll, we'll let those calls be uh, processed and we'll see how it comes to us. Uh, but one thing I did want to, I wanted to read that verse that I just quoted in verse 25 okay. of, mm-hmm. of Revelation 21. And the gates of it, that is the city, shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there, and nice. they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nice. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, Neither what, uh, whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the book, Lamb's book of life. Praise God. And so the only thing going through those gates are good things. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it looks like we have a caller, and so let's waste no time in getting our caller to ask their question. Okay. Okay, it looks like we're talking to Frank. Hello, Frank. Welcome to Straight from the Bible. You're on the air now. And Mrs. Pastor. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm enjoying the show right now. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Talking about heaven sounds amazing, but mm. I was wondering. I was baptized many, many years ago, but I... Uh, praise God for that, by the way. slipping and falling. Hmm. Is there anything that will keep me from seeing this beautiful place you guys just talked about? Like, in the Bible, is there a way to see if I am saved or not? And if I do need to be rebaptized, is there anything in the Bible that talks about that? That's it. I'll listen to your answer on the radio. Thank you for your show. Bye. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you very much, Frank. Okay, that's a good question. question. A person has been, been a person has been baptized so long ago, uh-huh. and it, they feel like they've backslidden. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, what can keep me from that place? I would like to read from the very same book, Revelation twenty-two, and Jesus Himself. Uh, answers this question. Let's read verse 14. Jessica, can you help us with that? Okay, it says, Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. I would like to I would like to address the, the caller and the question this way. If you f- believe that you have left Jesus, mm-hmm. and when I, when I say that, I mean you've gone a significant amount of time not talking to him, not reading his word, um, not uh, keeping his commandments, immediately repent. Uh, Talk to a pastor. Talk to a pastor who is um, experienced and can lead you to whether or not you need uh, rebaptism. If the Holy Spirit is talking to you, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you that you do need cleansing and to begin over again, please ask the pastor 
uh, and uh, ask the pastor about that. Mm-hmm. And the, the pastor, if he's a biblical one, he will he will uh, guide you. Um, now, the th- the whole thing about what can keep me from entering into the into the city? We just read that keeping his commandments. Remember, we just read that there's nothing that defiles that enters into that city. Right. You're not going to bring your booze. You're not going to bring drugs. You're not going to bring adultery. You're not going to bring bring any pride, right? Pride, selfishness. You're not going to bring anything that defiles. And definitely you need to take a long look, a prayerful look at the Ten Commandments. Go through them one by one and pray, God, do I have this in my life? And if the Holy Spirit says yes, and he puts a finger on that sin, immediately you must confess, forsake. And once more, if rebaptism is appropriate for uh, for you, then by all means, pursue that. Get the cleansing that you need. Because I believe that Jesus is coming soon, and these gates are soon to open to Mm -hmm. God's people. And so um, I would like to I would like to uh, say yes. Uh, Please go to Revelation twenty two fourteen, and that will tell you um, the the way to go if you want to enter into the city. It's all about faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who brings you into the city. He said in John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. And so it's Jesus that brings us into the Father's mansions. Amen. Okay, it looks like we have uh, two more questions. Jessica, let's All fire right, them away. So we've got a question from Louie. wants to know, where do I find assurance in the Bible? Well, that largely depends on what you need assurance for. Right. Do you need assurance for financial stability, uh, assurance in marriage? Assurance and salvation, assurance that your uh, sins are forgiven. Right. Everything in the scriptures will give assurance. And there are many general things that the Bible speaks about that gives you assurance. Mm. Um, There's assurance that God will take care of you financially. There's assurance that marriage can work. Uh, So I'm afraid that the the question is very general. uh, But if you want assurance on a specific thing, then by all means, um, go ahead and call and, and specifically address what is it that you need assurance for. You know, it also helps to get those Bible promise books that really right. helps. So if there's something that uh, you have a question about, they could, uh, you could look Bible that promise up. books are yeah. a very good, a very good um, secondary source of, of assurance Right. Um, that nothing beats the Bible itself. Right. But Bible promises are kind of like a shortcut to the very verse that you need to that that, uh, addresses yeah. the, what you're looking for. So those are good. Okay, um, let's look at another question, and this will be our final question. So Genesis 6-4 says something about sons of God marrying the daughters of men, giving birth to giants. Can you explain this a bit, please? Okay, now it doesn't say that, uh, that, um, that it says that the sons of God and the daughters of men gave birth to giants. It says that there were giants in those days. Mm. And you see that... Um, in verse four, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which are of old, men of renown. So when the daughters of men and the sons of God had children, it doesn't say that they were giants and everybody else wasn't. It says that they became very violent. Mm. That's all it's saying. It's saying they became mighty men, men of renown, famous for their 
wars and battles and things like that. Right. Um, but the giants were in the earth, and it's saying that uh, everything was bigger back then. Well, we know that, you know, the, the lions were bigger, the saber-toothed tigers, the elephants were right. bigger, dinosaurs are giants. And so it would make sense that the people were giants too. I believe Noah was a giant right. and, and his sons and their, their wives. I believe everything back then was just bigger right. because there was so much more uh, things to encourage that kind of growth. Now, you may be wonder, wondering about the sons of God and the daughters of men. Many people will say that those are angels that came down and had children with uh, women. Um, but that's not what the Bible says. Jesus, he says that angels neither marry nor are giving in, given in marriage. Right. And so, no, angels don't marry. They don't procreate the way we do. Right. And But who are the sons of God then? Well, Adam was called a son of God. Right. And his line, the, the righteous and faithful line of Seth, would be the men, the sons of God. Right. Because they were trying to follow God. And Jesus, mm. you know, I'm sorry, the, the Bible in the book of 1 John says um, that we are sons of God. Right. It says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we might be called the sons, sons of, of God. God right. And so the sons of God delineates the people who are following God. The opposite of that would be the daughters of men. And so the daughters of men would be the line of Cain, those who are in rebellion against right. God. So here we see God's people, they look at the daughters of men and they were fair, they were beautiful, mm -hmm. and they did something that is not advisable at all. They started right. to marry with them. And in doing that, they, their children became rebellious. Right. They, start, they, they were rebelling against God. Only Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and everybody, and Noah's and his son's wives, they were the only ones righteous in their generation. Right. And so the sons of God... The, the line of Seth, they lost their holy distinction when they married the unbelieving, violent uh, line of Cain. Right. And so that's, uh, that's what brought the world into reje uh, a rejection of God. That's what uh, brought along the flood. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very, very tragic story. So I certainly hope... Um, I don't see a name there, but uh, our anonymous caller, I certainly hope that clears things up. Uh, yes, there were giants back then. I believe everything was bigger. Right. <laughs> and, so uh, is, it, is yeah. it possible to say that Adam and Eve were created big already? Oh, I believe so. I believe um, Adam. I believe Adam, everybody would want him on a basketball team uh, because he was of great stature, I imagine. Right. Um, everything was just so much bigger back then. You know, it's really interesting that when the spies of Moses, of Israel, really, uh, they went into the land of Canaan, they came back with giant fruit. Yeah. And, he, and they said, the people are giants too. And so there's just something about certain climates and certain environments that encourage big and rapid growth <laughs> okay well, well that's all the time that we have for today that music tells us the sad news that we're done with our program mm. but we always look forward to the next time we look forward and we invite you to the next program of straight from the bible next monday from 5 to 6 p.m until then this is pastor lewis moffness and jessica moffness saying good night and god bless Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net. 
or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.